Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. With Dr. Dan Critchett, Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctor is in. Now here is your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. We are here again, glad to be back, and I hope that you are listening to a whole bunch of our shows and if you've missed any of them, you can always go to our website, secondhalfnow.com, and download, listen live, whatever you want to do. whole bunch of stuff there. Because what we're doing, this is a radio show for boomers and beyonders. You know who you are. If you're 50-plus, that's our group. I had a little uh, joke with a couple of uh, young people a few days ago uh, at church, and they were in their th- 20s, I think. And I, they said, well, where, where's your radio show? And I said, well, you can't listen. You're not old enough. So just a little bit of a tease. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. Happy to be back again. And I have a really special guest in studio today, and I'm going to introduce her in a few moments. But I want to set the stage a little bit by saying this, you know, and and I'm learning more and more about this as we go. As a longtime pastor, uh, people have been through these kinds of ages and stages that we're going to talk about today. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, I've been able to walk through them, uh, through these stages with these folks, and also been through it myself with my uh, aging parents. So um, what I realize is that uh, many families are dealing with uh, care for an aging loved one. And what does that look like? Uh, what do we need to do? You know, what are the safety and medical concerns and, and all of that? And I have recent information that says there are 60 million unpaid family caregivers in the United States. It's a huge number, a lot of people who are doing the best they can with what they have. And so our guest uh, today is going to help us uh, tune into some of that dynamic and maybe give us some insights and some answers. And also, this is a precious uh, time in a life for a family when mom or dad or grandpa and grandma are getting older and they're kind of losing their capacity and they're not able to be and to do what they have been for so long. And so we kind of watch them, you know, go through these stages and we want to come alongside and help in an appropriate manner. That's something else that I can speak to because I've been through that with my parents. And so in those stages, what we need is information and support and resources. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to be without the best information and help. So, and the truth is what we're going to talk about today is you may be able to postpone that transition to a care facility if you want to or if you need to because uh, as soon as grandpa can't find his keys you don't you know whisk him off to the memory care unit and leave him there for the rest of his life now that's a huge exaggeration but what i mean is sometimes we uh, think well gosh it's either uh, home or um, as soon as uh, our aging loved one can't function on their own safely, then we need to start looking for placement in assisted living or something. So is this confusing? Yeah. Is it scary? Yeah, it is. And is it hard? Sure. The title for today's show is this, In-Home Healthcare, When and Why and Who. And our guest today is going to help us talk about that. Aren't you, Emily? Oh, yeah. And I haven't even introduced you yet, so... (laughs) I was trying not to talk until you did, so... (laughs) Emily is so ready to go, so I just, before we get into that, I want to remind our listeners of the five core topics that we deal with, and we kind of rotate them around, not precisely, but we try to, over a period of time, try to deal with all five topics, because they're all really critical for us in the boomer and beyonder stage. So number one is health, 
I mean, I'm sorry, number one is home and family. Number two is health and wellness. Number three is budget and finances. Number four is heart and soul. And number five is work and purpose. And I'm thinking of changing that to work and calling. What is your calling and how does that fit with work or not work or retirement? Anyway, so we rotate those around. And today, I think it fits into home and family. Or does it fit into health and wellness? I was thinking or, it fit into a couple. I, I mean, know. Truly, home and family, yes, health and wellness. Budget and finances, you can't avoid that when it's talking about this kind that's of a right. thing. And then heart and soul, that should just go into everything. That should just be an overarching <laughs> Whoa, category. She's off and running, and I haven't introduced <laughs> her yet. Thank you, Emily. And I will say this is Emily King. I'm happy to uh, introduce you, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you. I'm super happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, and uh, Emily comes to us from, and I've seen different renditions, as I was mentioning, uh, to the mm-hmm. company that you're working with. It's I, I see Maxim Health. I see Maxim Healthcare Services. I see, so what hat do you have on? What's the name of your hat? So our national company is Maxim Healthcare Services. Okay. And then I serve over a specific line, which is our companion care line. Companion so. care line. So why don't you just real briefly, because we're going to get into all of that, but yeah. why don't you briefly say, what does that mean, companion care? So as I refer when I'm out kind of making my 30-second pitch to folks is what we do in our companion care office is try and allow um, baby boomers and beyonders to stay where they want to stay. Okay. So whatever kind of elevated care they need coming in and trying to help them just stay where they would like to be. Okay, good. And uh, you know that we, in my generation, not you, but uh, but you'll find out when you get there that we uh, call ourselves the sandwich generation mm-hmm. because many of us, still we have aging parents that we need to be concerned about and we're more and more involved with them as we and they get older and things don't work the way they used to and so we have to get engaged. And we yeah. still have kids, you know, they're <laughs> in college or they're having kids and, you know, we have grandkids and, you know, so we're kind of in the middle. And so that's kind of the dynamic of our generation, of my generation. And mm-hmm. so I really welcome people like you that can come along and look at a situation and, you know, make assessments uh, officially or unofficially and kind of recommend some things and have something really of value to offer. So I'm uh, glad to welcome you to the show and introduce you to our guest today. Well, thank you. And it would be nice to be the middle of the sandwich. That's the best part. So now I'm a little jealous because I'm pretty sure I'm bread. You're bread, so. yeah. That's right. That's right, yeah. So uh, let's talk about, uh, and we only have, uh, um, you know, I say a little bit of time. It ends up being almost a full hour, but <clears throat> we have part one, which is on the air, mm-hmm. and then on Monday, 5.30, and then uh, the other half, uh, part two, along with part one, available on a podcast. So I don't want to spend the whole time talking about how much time we have or don't have. <laughs> But here, let's get into it with this question. Perfect. Um, so a family, uh, you know, has an aging loved one, and they're maybe a little bit more aware mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, maybe grandpa forgot his, his where he put his keys yeah. or grandma left the stove on, and maybe it's not grandpa and grandma, maybe it's mom and dad. For me, it was my parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what are maybe what you would call uh, trigger signals? that it's just it's time to kind of be more aware and start thinking about what our resources are. What are some of those trigger signals? Yeah, and I know this is, a, particularly with in-home care, it's a subject that adds the confusion <clears throat> and adds the anxiety when we're talking about it because mm-hmm. as much as I would like to say, here is a one through five step, once you've hit all these steps, it's time to 
to make a decision. Each individual is very different. Each individual, you know, their mental capacity, you may not think it's what it is, but in their own heart of hearts, they know (laughs) what they have in their heart. So things that we look for in our office when we're working with families, they, um, Coming into a home and seeing maybe that it's messier than it mm. used to have been. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good clue. Yeah. Okay. Or you notice that they have more stains on their clothing, or their clothing's even not being as uh, well kept. Okay. Um, opening the fridge, and I've seen both options of there's nothing in the fridge, or some of the things in the fridge are you know, very very past expiration date. Yeah. So keys like that, even something as simple as you walk in and you know they're cooking on the pan, and as you're there, you're realizing they haven't turned that pan off. Mm. That pan's still cooking. Yeah. You know, really being engaged and being aware of, not necessarily comparing them to what they once were, but those things that you just know are not them. If they normally have a very immaculate house and it starts kind of piling up on them and they don't really seem to have the control of things going on, those are big clues and right. they're hard things to look for because eventually as the you know adult child, you feel like you're being nitpicky, you know, wash up, right. clean your house, you right. know, get things in order. But really, if you're being observant, that's going to be a clue of, okay, we might not be at the same level we once were. You know, and I think some of those things are things we don't want to see mm-hmm. because of what it says. And uh, yeah, I went through that with my parents and it says, oh my gosh, are we at that point already? Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was in her 80s. And my dad had died when he was 84. Mom carried on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw things kind of winding down. And that was it was important for us to notice that. And here um, you are, you college graduate from uh, University of Oregon. Go Ducks. Yeah, go Ducks. And uh, business and marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, so you have an eye for kind of observance and looking and seeing and evaluating and analyzing. And it's not about the marketing. It's about just kind of being aware of, the, you know, where people are. Exactly. And, and so what you're suggesting to our audience is that if they're more mindful of some of those physical things that might be starting to to show, mm-hmm. then what? What do you do? I mean, what what should a family member do if they start seeing some of those trigger signals? I would say something that most people don't think to do until it's it's game time, it mm-hmm. should have already been done, is really looking at the preparation and planning with your loved one, like getting their input, their opinion. You'll hear a lot of phrases like power of attorneys, um, advanced directives, mm-hmm. which we can talk about both of those if you like definitions would be beneficial. But having those set up before the element of mental capacity is a factor is so, so helpful because then you're able to talk through, okay, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, if these things are happening, what would you like us to do? Like, when was that trigger element for your own self? Right, right. While they're still there and they can, you know, be acknowledged and cognizant of what you're speaking about. So prep work is key yeah. when it comes to aging gracefully. And, you know, some of this is assuming that the other family members will have access to the home. I mean, even living in the same town mm-hmm. or near enough by. So we have a couple of different scenarios. It's the daughter maybe that comes over on Sundays and, uh, you know, meets with mom or dad or both. Yeah. Or we have a spouse, you know, who is starting to recognize signs and they know the loved one, you know, their own spouse better than anybody. You know what? I just noticed that your mic cover is green. So when I say go ducks, I mean, if we had yellow to go with that, we don't. 
No, I've, but you have orange, so I'm upset had, now. Well, you, but that's beavers, and we didn't do that. Well, at least it's not purple and gold for huskies. <laughs> Otherwise, I would not have come in here. I would have walked right out. Okay. How about red and black for blazers? That would be good. Yeah. There, we got we got black, and we got red. Well, there you go. All right, we're Perfect. off topic. That's totally So what, 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 what about those scenarios? Maybe speak to any of those or all of those. The out-of-town kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who, are, who you know, call maybe once a week or whatever, or the daughter or son that can go over to the home occasionally once a week or whatever. Yeah. So, or the spouse. The spouse that is still living, you know, in the home. They're living together, and one of them starts noticing – these signs that you're mm-hmm. talking about, what do you say? What do you do? Really, when I am speaking to a spouse of a, of a client, and mm-hmm. it's something that it's really hard for the individual, but you have mm-hmm. to take a moment and recognize, have I become a caregiver or am I still a spouse? Has my relationship completely right. morphed into the fact where right. I'm taking care of someone? Right. Or is it still an element of, this is still my spouse, I'm able to have that I mean, vows are very serious till death do us part, you know, sickness and in health. Mm -hmm. And we understand and completely appreciate and honor the fact that people want to do that for their spouses. But at the end of the day, have you completely changed your relationship? And if you have, that's something you should really be thinking about. Yeah, that is really, really important point. uh, Because I know people who, men in particular, who have said, I don't want her to be my nurse. I want her to be my wife. Mm -hmm. And so then that introduces alternatives or options, you know, to the, to the health care or to the in-home care. And I'm just thinking of my mom, bless her heart. I mean, she, she was full-time caregiver for my dad and he was not well. He was in pain. He was very much incapacitated. And I we thought she was going to burn out first, you know, because she was just, and I know there was some, um, conflict between the two of them because she was the caregiver and yet and I know that he I don't think he ever said it but I think he was thinking I wish that your mom could just be my wife and not my nurse and that would have been a good time for them or for her to bring in some of the services that that uh, you represent or you know something else to help come alongside and help Exactly. And I think it's kind of a funny anecdote, but they, you know, they always say you marry your, your, someone similar to your parent, Mm -hmm. but you aren't marrying someone to be your parent. You're not having a spouse so that they can be your caretaker. Right. It's critical. And that's what I look at when I'm talking to individuals. I'm really looking at where they're at in the relationship. And if they just seem like they've hit the point where one spouse or the other is so burnt out and they just want to be able to be loving and be a spouse, not really right. be a caretaker, then I definitely encourage them to, to reach out for help. Right. And because the, what that looks like is not uh, somebody moves in with you or with, uh, with the aging uh, folks. Uh, it might be, you know, three hours a day, three days a week, or, you know, something periodic like that. It doesn't have to be exactly. all the time. Here's something that I have heard um, a, a couple say to each other, and, and, and oftentimes it's the wife, because... My experience has been usually the husband is the one that kind of fails first and he's had a stroke and gone through rehab and then he goes home and, Mm -hmm. you know, the wife is to, well, so she says, well, honey, remember we said at the altar for better or worse? He says, yeah. She says, well, this is the worst. Oh, man. (laughs) This is the worst part. And I understand wanting to, you know, make light of it, but you have to think Mm -hmm. too when you're that person getting told that and you're like, wow, so now I'm the worst. Yeah. That that's hard. So I get the yeah. lightheartedness of it, yeah. but 
think about even something as similar, as small as yeah. that comment. And for her, it was acknowledging that they're in that together mm-hmm. and, and, and to reaffirm, like you said, the vows. Uh, you know, they stood before God and some witnesses and family members, and they said, you know, we're going to be together to the end. And yeah. this is the tough part. They acknowledge that. You know, they've had the good parts and they've had the bad parts. And I have another question for you, Emily, that I'm going to ask you right after the break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, We are back. I have a special guest in studio today, Emily King with Maxim... Now, how did you... Ch- <laughs> Maxim Health. Maxim Healthcare Services. Maxim Healthcare Services. We'll get there. Yeah. And I, uh, I know that every time we have a guest on and every time we talk about these really, really important subjects, it's always because of the blessing and benefit that we have from our partners. And in addition to those that you just heard about, we also have Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial. We have Dream Trips. We have Portland City Acupuncture, my good friend Mariko, who stuck me with needles a few weeks ago and helped me enormously. Uh, we have Next Phase Coaching with Eric Howard, and we have Dr. Dan Miller with Beaverton Chiropractic. And we're going to get right into um, where we left off. And I said I was going to ask you a question before we left, and here it is. Um, 
every time this issue comes up with a family, mm-hmm. everybody, the, you know, the nearby family members, I mean, relationally, geographically or not, but at least relationally, they have thoughts and feelings about that situation, about their parents or grandparents oh, yeah. that maybe they haven't had before, but now things are happening. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to that a little bit? What kinds of things do people think and feel when this issue starts to come to their family? Definitely. And I have kind of four categories of individuals that I would love to okay. touch upon. So Good. one we were already kind of speaking about was the spouse. The thing that I run across more often than not, if they're having someone come into their home to help, is guilt. Mm. I should be taking care of this okay. individual. This yeah. is my honey bun. Right. This this should be my responsibility. I'm not doing my my spousal duty if I'm not right. taking care of the individual. Right. That's big, I would imagine. That's really big, yeah. Huge. And yeah. we by no means are saying you're not doing a great job when we're coming in. We don't want you to feel that way at all. But we're wanting to be able to have you have a wonderful memory right? when the end of this comes. We don't want you to kind of look back and think about how much care you had to provide. We want you to think about those loving moments, that spousal relationship. That's what we really try and focus on. Great. That's your goal. I like that. You know, because if if grandma or mom says, you know, I really want to rearrange my living room, well, let's come in and help. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you don't have to do all by yourself, but now it's not the furniture, it's the spouse. And let us help. Let us come alongside. And you're not any less of a wife. In fact, maybe you're even more of a wife Mm -hmm. if you can have someone else do some of these other things. Yeah. If you're taking care of yourself, you know, physically and mentally... By mm-hmm. allowing some extra aid to come in, you're you're going to be able to be a happier couple, be you know a more loving spouse. Right. You're just going to have that time to focus on that rather right. than the you know your Maslow hierarchy of needs. Like Absolutely. the basic needs will be covered by someone else, and that's more than okay. That's good. Yeah, allow yourself to get higher up on that pyramid. You bet. So guilt. <laughs> what's next? So then, kind of coming into your adult children, you okay. really have three categories okay. of adult children when they're going through this process. Sometimes, and those are the greatest cases, you have someone that just gets it. Mm-hmm. They understand where their loved one is at. They understand what you need to do moving forward. They're really with it. Then you have the individuals who just are in total denial. Nope, mom and dad are fine. Right. Oh, that's just a thing. It's not a big deal. You know, or you have the ones that are putting their loved one like they're farther down the road than they really are. Right. They're they're still with it. Their capacity's there, but just because yeah. you're not in the same spot in life doesn't mean that they're what they're thinking is totally wrong. So So grandpa forgot where he put his keys, so let's plan the funeral. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean it's irrational. Yeah. But it's understandable, right? Because yeah. it's it's based on our feelings. I mean say, Oh my gosh, are we at that stage in our family? Yeah. That's tough. It's tough it to is. get into it and to kind of make sense of it. Uh, we're kind of running out of time no on this worries. segment, but what other thoughts and feelings? Let's finish up that part. Yeah. Then I would talk to grandchildren, which we always, again, try and leave them with a good lasting memory. Oh, good. We don't want yeah. it to be something where they've had years and years of this wonderful relationship, but mm-hmm. right at the end, yeah, things go awry and they lose right. those wonderful moments. Right. And then the fourth one is the actual individual. They're oh, a person. They have thoughts yeah. and feelings too. And so many times that? family members want to glaze on over it, but yeah. they Good have point. they have a right to Good share point. their thoughts and feelings. And right. some people are ready to go into that next level of care. They're like, yeah, bring them on or let me move there. Yeah. Super. And yeah. You have to be aware and listen. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And I think for maybe for the 
the aging person, the one that's manifesting some of these signs, there's a sense of fear and a sense of insecurity mm-hmm. because, gosh, where is this leading? I mean, if I'm losing my mental capacities, some of my friends, some of my golfing buddies, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. that a dad or grandpa could be thinking or saying this. And uh, they had Alzheimer's and it was horrible. Is that what's going to happen to me? You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. get all these these scary thoughts and those turn into scary feelings. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's excellent. So we're just kind of scratching the surface. We have more to talk about and want to make sure that uh, we can carry you over to what we call Cleverly Part 2, <laughs> which uh, always follows Part 1, and uh, we're going to have that on the website. So don't forget to go to secondhalfnow.com and uh, look for Emily King and Maxim Healthcare Services. Yay! Yes, all right. <laughs> Okay. So in the meantime, now I want to let you know that we have other, I'm just really excited about some of these shows we have coming up. We have the, uh, the head of the department at Multnomah University for TESOL, Teaching English to Speakers of Other Languages. She's coming in. And um, I just love that because that's how we can serve in our community. And that's how churches can offer something real and practical and need meeting in the community because, my gosh, there are a lot of people that speak other languages. And so if you offer this tool of language, it just opens the door and changes their lives. We have a couple of mayors that are going to be coming in, and uh, we're going to ask them about how boomers can get involved in the community. I know of some who have gone to the mayor's office and said, how can we help? And, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, (laughs) no mayor has said, no, we pretty much have it taken care of. So uh, we have uh, those um, those guys coming in, and it's going to be a great conversation. We also have, I'm going to say one more, that is an estate planning attorney. I've been looking for one for a long time, so how do you get your stuff together so you don't uh, leave all the surprises for your family? And so you actually distribute um, your estate and you protect the ones you love. Because if you've taken a whole lifetime to kind of put it all together, if you do not do estate planning, someone else is going to decide how that happens. So that's going to be a key one. And he'll be in in a little bit to uh, to do that. So if you're listening to uh, to this show, and there are other podcasts above this one on a sequence, just kind of dial around, look around, and you'll find some of those great topics. And we've got 85 other shows on there already. So listen to your heart's content. You can do a Binge listen. Just uh, go second half now and just hear one thing after the other. So Just like Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, by the way, we need to quickly, quickly offer your brochure, which is um, your guide to companion care. And uh, it's a great little uh, brochure, and Emily would be happy to send one out to you free of charge. Uh, get to our website, secondhalfnow.com, and fill out a contact form. And just ask for it, and I'll let Emily know, and she'll be happy to send one out and see if you have any other questions. So we want to invite you to tune in to the radio every Monday night, 530 to 6 p.m., KKPZ 1330. And then you want to go, of course, to uh, the website, secondhalfnow.com. There you can hear all of our podcasts around the clock and around the world. We're here for you. Lots of good stuff going on. I want to thank you for listening today. My guest, Emily King, and we're going to be bridging right over to the second part. Second half now, radio show for boomers and beyonders. Yeah, that's us. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Let's continue our conversation on part two, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. 
To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. With Dr. Dan Critchett, Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctor is in. Now here is your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. And we're going to welcome you back to Second Half Now. This is part two. We are in the middle of a conversation with Emily King of... Maxim Healthcare Services. Perfect. Did I get it right this you time? You did, yes. All right, good. The title of the show for today is this, In-Home Healthcare, When and Why and Who. We've talked about some of that. We're going to continue that conversation. I am Dr. Dan Critchett, your host, and this is coming to you on podcast, only available on podcast. You cannot hear this part two on the radio. It'll never be on the radio. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> yes. But podcast is where it's at these days. So lots of uh, ways to get to it through our website, secondhalfnow.com. It's on YouTube and iTunes, they tell me, or a number of other podcast hosting services. So in-home health care, where and why and who. I have uh, Emily King in the studio today and um, college graduate from University of Oregon and uh, really into this subject and into this whole business of in-home health care with Maxim Healthcare Services. Absolutely. I keep looking at Emily when I say that because that, <laughs> there are other sort of business name combinations that even Maxim uses depending upon what division of the company and so forth. When you're nationwide, you tend to have some variation. Yeah, so. good point. Good point. Well, let's get back into it, Emily. We were talking about a number of things and some of the really touching things about the thoughts and feelings that people experience in the family when it looks like maybe we're going to have to pay closer attention and maybe call somebody Mm -hmm. and get an idea of what we're looking at, what we need to do and, and kind of bringing in other family members and figuring it out. So let's start with this. Um, if this is happening for the first time in a family, uh, mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on or who to call or, you know, what's going to happen. Tons and tons of questions. So how do you determine what kind of help is needed when you start seeing some of the signs? We talked about trigger signals on part one. Mm-hmm. So if any of our listeners um, uh, haven't heard about that, you got to go back and listen to part one because that kind of lays the foundation. But let's talk about how, how, how can you determine exactly what help is needed? Yeah, and I think something to speak about the Department of Human Health and Services, they said anyone over 65 and older, they have a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term care. Mm. So it's not necessarily of if, it's when you're going to need these services. And because of that statistic, there are so many resources out in your community, you know, with the good old help of Google that are out there to help you really determine what's the best fit. But some key factors that I look into and my company looks into when you're really trying to decide what's the level we need here, what are we really looking at, they're, they're pretty basic. So looking at the elements of care that are needed, is this something where you are needing full-time around the clock, someone needs to be there keeping an eye out? 
Or is it more of we have some certain tasks that need to get completed. So maybe the laundry's been piling up and we just need someone to come in and help with laundry. Or, you know, some people don't cook that well. I'm not that great of a cook. So maybe someone needs to come in and help make meals certain times of the day. Really looking at what the needs are and then assessing based off of that is this really a full-scale thing where we might need to move to a community or is it an element where we can have someone come in for a certain amount of the day? Or is it just necessarily, talking back kind of part one, giving that spouse or that primary caregiver some a break time or you know some respite, mm-hmm. some relaxation? Really looking at all of those elements to kind of key into what exactly it is you're needing. Yeah, sometimes I think that a family uh, member may not even know what questions to ask. So it might be good just to call somebody like you yeah, and say, would you come and uh, kind of ask us the questions and help us come to some kind of conclusion about what we need, wh- where we're at. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times <coughs> people are scared when they hear of someone that already works for a certain Line. So, you know, I am in home care. So they think, oh, well, she's just going to come out here and she's going to tell us exactly why we need in home care. And that's all she's really going to talk to us about. But she's going to want to sell us. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the fear. Sure. Yeah. And that's something kind of you and I were talking about off off air is I would never want to be considered a salesperson. It's just not my personality. It's not my being. I'm really coming in to help people. So that's something I would say is if you find a resource like myself or anyone else that you think is going to be helpful to you reach out to them because we're not in this this healthcare world because we're wanting to be salespeople. That's not really why mm-hmm. you come into healthcare. We're in here because we want to help people. So yes, I definitely say reach out to myself or if you have a confident, confident resource that you prefer, reach out to them, have them come in and yeah. assess it. Um, I would say another big key thing that people forget is talk to that family member. You know, sometimes you they'll surprise you with what they want to do. Yeah. They they don't want to be adding burden. They would much rather, you know, downsize his move or, you know, if they really are adamant about staying in their home. Take that into a factor right. as well. Yeah. What do they want? Yeah. Listen. Yeah. You know, ask and listen and just kind of bring it up and just talk about. Yeah. I think that's valuable. And I, I appreciate what you're saying about, um, about sales because uh, as with anything, if we – want to get information from a qualified professional, mm-hmm. sometimes there's a sales pitch there. You know, so we, yeah. no, we don't want to watch the presentation on the timeshare. Okay. <laughs> and we don't want to take that car for a test drive. No. Because there's always a pitch. There's always a uh, a sales angle. So, but I like what you're saying about, and I find this true of so many people in that space, in that business space mm-hmm. of, uh, of healthcare and in-home care, because there's a real heart and compassion to meet the needs and to kind of provide what you can in that area. And and do you have like, do you have an assessment tool or a questionnaire or a checklist or something? Yeah, we do have, it's, it's part of our companion. It's part of our intake paperwork, but we can do it separately. Okay. It doesn't have to be a part of becoming a full fledged client, Okay, but it, it goes into, you know, past medical history. We also kind of create a service plan, which is really what we like to call the service plan. Um, so that we can talk with individuals about what exact items are you needing assistance with? How often are you wanting someone to come in? Um, and again, when you call into our office, we have four recruiters that they man our phones and mm-hmm. they're, they're the best. They're really fun to talk to. You think I'm goofy and loud. Oh, man. Give them a call. Oh, um, is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. We're all a big kind of loud group. But they will walk through that process as well. 
what is it that you're needing help with? Okay, mm-hmm. here might be some options for you. So really calling into a trusted resource and talking through those elements as well as speaking to your loved one about what their wants and wishes are. Right. And then right. fortunately we are in that internet age and there are tons and tons of resources out with a quick yeah. click. Well, I'll tell you honestly, that's part of the reason why I had people come in and talk on the show mm-hmm. because I don't trust Google, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I mean, you might get some information out there, but you don't have any way to know the value or the quality mm-hmm. or the um, credentials of that person or that company or that business. Yeah. So, um, so let's say somebody's listening and they say, oh my gosh, you know, we were just thinking about that, talking about that. Maybe we should call. Yeah. Uh, would that be the primary contact is to make a phone call rather than an email or go to a website? For, for my company, yes. We would prefer for you to call in because you cannot really soundly have a discussion over an email. Right. And, you know, just sending something in, well, it might give us a taste of what's going on in the home you will find out being so much more. Um, I spoke with one of my um, networking friends and she talked about this system where she talked to a client and they're like, my main concern is safety. And she was like, okay, awesome. Yes, that makes Mm -hmm. total sense. So she took time to kind of really narrow in on what safety meant to that client and it was that their mom's porch light kept burning out and no one would come change it. So generally we think safety, we think, oh, you know, precautions, healthcare. But for this person, it was, well, their front porch light light, Yeah. So, and you can't have that really that deep of a conversation through an email. Yeah. So that's why we like to have people call in so that we can actually talk. Okay. And And so if somebody's listening to us here and they say, well, you know, I'd be willing to reach out and call. What's that phone number? Yeah. That phone number is 503 Four five two, four five four five, and it's four seven. Be okay. someone on call, so they may not be able to have as in depth of a conversation to figure out about whatever your porch light example might be. Right, but they can right. at least get that information to us for the next business day. So there are lots of different settings, different situations, and like I said at the beginning of part one, sixty million family unpaid family caregivers Mm -hmm. that's not even counting the paid ones and the in-home care services and all that yeah so uh, you know when you do the math that's like one-fifth of the entire u.s population it is huge yeah and it's not getting smaller because we're aging and more and more of our like the baby boomers we started out with 78 million of us born between 1946 and 1964 Mm -hmm. and i think we have almost 76 million of us left you know Mm -hmm. so uh, we're still a big, but we're smaller than the millennials. <laughs> I think you guys are 80 million or something like that. But anyway, as we move through the age continuum, yeah, we're going to get old and frail and we're going to need these kinds of things. And we don't like to think about it or talk about it, but it's it's happening. So where I wanted to go next was um, there is uh, the people that are in the home doing the like um, I always think about my mom, bless her heart. Yeah. She um, did the best she could, and she actually did a good job, except my dad wanted her to be his wife and not necessarily his nurse. Absolutely. And so I would go, and I've told this story. uh, Our listeners might um, recognize it. So I live across town from where my parents' house is. They were in the uh, uh, Beaverton area. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, but I would, um, I was uh, going to church in Forest Grove, and so I would stop by wherever I was. I would go over to my parents' house every Sunday afternoon, Mm kind of, you know, scope things out, talk to my dad and everything. And then I would call my mom for five years every 
evening. Wow. And that was amazing to have that kind of a kind of a timeline of, you know, how things are going. And then she asked me, uh, she said, would you be willing to um, spend uh, the weekend with your dad so I can go to the beach with, and it was talking about my sister and her family. Yeah. I said, sure, mom, that'd be fine. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's in bed all the time. How hard could this be? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was last words. Yeah. Friday late afternoon, I got there and Hey dad, how you doing? I guess we're going to be here for the weekend. Yeah, good. Okay. And it just was over and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. He just needed something all the time. And I think, frankly, he just wanted me to be in there and talking with him. He was in bed most of the time. Yeah. And But it was so exhausting and demanding. Yeah. I thought, Mom, is this what it's like all the time? I could hardly wait for her to get home Sunday. You know, I mean, it was amazing. So these 60 million uh, yeah. have varying degrees of that kind of a situation. So talk about... The importance of, I don't know if you call it self-care or you talk about, you know, personal maintenance or whatever. So mm-hmm. what can you say to that person? And I really like what you were saying earlier about getting some help so the caregiver can go shopping or can have a break or can go out to lunch with a friend or can do something. Uh, and particularly if it's routine, you know, every, yeah. every you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 10 to noon or whatever it is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that situation works. Not so much from the the company and business side, but yeah. from the family side. And what how, how helpful is that? I mean, having that extra level of care is absolutely helpful. You are, it's so surprising. Say you were in that weekend situation mm-hmm. again, but maybe a friend or another relative stopped by and gave you a three-hour Dan, you go do what you need yeah. to do for these three hours. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm going to be here. <laughs> but also, you don't have to yeah. worry. Like, yeah. you actually can just not right. shut off that fear worry, but right. go have a breath. Right. It's huge. Oh, it is. It's yeah. so huge. And a lot of the times, we'll come into a situation where the, the spouse or the primary caregiver, they are absolutely <clears> hesitant <throat> to have us in there. Like, oh, we don't really need you, you yeah. know. It's not, you don't have anything to do. And then they have a couple weeks of us coming in and they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Come in all the time, please. Right. Like, you know, right. or I have these set things. Can we kind of rework the schedule for it? Yeah. It so quickly just becomes a sure. huge. So that I think in its own self is something people need to do. The other thing is Portland has a ton of support groups for primary okay. caregivers. Okay. Where you can go and you're going to be meeting up again with people that are going through the same things you are. Mm-hmm. They even have them broken out into, you know, if it's Alzheimer's and dementia related right. or right. if it's this related. Again, there's 60 million. There's, mm-hmm. there's probably a chunk in Portland and they're meeting and they're talking and they're taking that moment right. together. Right. So, again, I would say reach out to a, a to family or a resource and find those. Yeah. And go and share and commiserate and breathe out because yeah. I feel like we're always breathing in when we're in this kind of a situation. So. And do you have um, access? I mean, do you have a um, support group information center or something, or is there something like a referral or some kind of a network? Yeah. So definitely if you wanted to call into Max and we'd be able to help okay. you find okay, good. what specific support group. Okay. support group you're looking for. When yeah. you were talking about having, what did you call them? A bunch or a, uh, in Portland? I forget the word you oh, used. a chunk, maybe. A chunk, I yeah. like the word chunk, It was normally. a good millennial word. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do the math. If it's true that there's um, 60 million mm-hmm. out of 300 million, that's 
right? Yeah. So in po- in Portland, let's just say the population, depending upon where you draw the circle, is 2 million. And it's easily that. Mm-hmm. So 20% of that is 400,000 caregivers. Enormous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and if there are any percentage of them are sitting at home doing the thing all day, every day, like my mm-hmm. mom, oh, my goodness, uh, help is on the way. Come to the rescue. <laughs> So, yeah. um, and that's, that's really my concern because I mean, I, as a pastor, I've visited people in what we used to call nursing homes. I don't think they call them that anymore no, because we have, we have, uh, independent living and assisted living and skilled nursing and senior, uh, uh what's it called? Uh, ho- um, senior, like an adult foster care. Ad- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Homes. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. And really your skilled nursing facility is what? is directly comparable to what they would have called nursing homes. Okay. The reason of the name change is just the stigma behind yeah. the name. Yeah. It's Good. it's just like people don't really like to be called seniors anymore. Yeah. They have whole new mottos for you're not a senior, you're Well, I go all the way back to when we used to call them old folks home. <laughs> and, I mean, just talk about degrading and just not a good well, way of marketing. I know, and uh, we don't do that these days. So uh, we're going to finish up. I've uh, got a couple more questions I want to ask you about. Perfect. And because I know you and I talked on the phone recently about this haunting phrase called geriatric abuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good to be knowledgeable. It's good to be aware. It's good to know what to look for, how to navigate through so you avoid those kinds of things. And I don't know if we want to say a lot of details about the scary things that are being done. I'm sure they're awful. They but are. The, yeah, but this isn't uh, uh, Nightline or whatever. The, no. <laughs> no. No, no. So, uh, good. Let's let's uh, do that. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Emily King and Maxim Healthcare Services. Woohoo! All right. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. 
Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503 780-3030. 780-3030. And we're back. We're going to finish up our conversation here on part two with Emily King of... I always pause here um, because I I actually was saying a different name. I was saying Maxim, Maxim Health. I think that's what's on your business card. But full name, Maxim Healthcare Services. And we're having a great conversation here about... A very important but not not easy uh, topic to talk about. And before we get back into that and finish up, I want to make sure that I mention some of our other partners. We have Northwest Web Creation Company. Um, Kelly Burbank does the, our website for us, and we uh, like him a lot. And if you need any of those services, uh, give Kelly a call. Legal Shield and ID Shield. We have Warner Pacific College, our educational uh, division here, and Multnomah University. Also, we partner with this radio station, KKPZ, here in the Portland market. Also, uh, big partners with uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest and Serving Our Neighbors. So, Emily King, we're going to be uh, finishing up. And I said that haunting word or phrase, mm-hmm. geriatric abuse. And, uh, you know, we could probably do a whole show on that, but let's just kind of pinpoint and summarize what is the concern and then what can families do to kind of navigate around that so they don't get into it. Absolutely. So I'm a big person for stats. So there's a couple stats to kind of open up this topic. So as of December of 2015, excuse me, the average number of elderly abuse cases each year was about 2,150,000. In the U.S.? In the U.S. Wow. Cases meaning complaints filed with a county or lawsuits or Some sort of action being taken. Wow. Yes. Over 2 million. Yes. And the percent of the elderly population that will experience some type of abuse is 9.5. Almost almost 10%. Almost 10%. Which people might think, oh, 10%, not that bad. Anything with the word abuse attached to it should be zero. Right. So anything over that's a concern for me. Yeah. Can you say, maybe you're going to get to it, but um, some of the things that come under that category, what are we talking about? Absolutely. Are we talking about financial, you know, taking advantage of or you know, getting ownership of the car or the house or something or physical, you know, mistreatment or what what kinds of things fall into that category? So there are seven kind of segments. Of, I knew you'd have a list. I know. Yes, you're I ready. like to have my facts. I'm you a do. stats and facts kind of gal. Right. Um, so those would be physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, exploitation, emotional abuse, abandonment, and self-neglect. So a lot of those seem very straightforward. So um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, I feel like just those words alone kind of speak to what that means. Well, they do. And let's clarify, are we talking about family members or spouses or providers or who are we talking about? It's the full gambit. Everybody. Okay. Yeah. Just any case, whoever's the perpetrator, it it gets it comes up on the uh, on the radar as part of that ten percent. Yes. So okay. the percent of elderly abuse that's perpetrated by adult children or spouses is about sixty six percent, though. Wow. 
So primarily it's the adult children yeah. in the spouse. Right. Um, but I think that could also lead to the fact that most of those people aren't having additional help come into the yeah. home. Yeah. So that's why that's set, oh. that stat's higher. Okay. So okay. Um, kind of some of the ones segments that are confusing or just I think need more explanation, um, neglect, and that's really considered the failure by those responsible to provide, sure. again, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, right. shelter, health care, or protection. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, exploitation, which I think is the one that gets glamorized. It gets talked about the most right. out in the world. Right. So the illegal taking, misuse, or concealment of funds, property, or assets. So we're taking that from the yeah. loved one. Right. Yeah, and then the other one, abandonment. So desertion of a vulnerable elder by anyone who has assumed the responsibility for care or custody of that person. So you're taking care of your spouse or your parent or something, and then you decide to uh, go to the mall for five hours. And you have no And, and they're backup. dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have no backup and no one else is. And we've got medican, medication sequence on schedule or we've got food or we've got safety things or, okay. Now, this so is by this. no means if the, you, you run to the grocery store and they're, they're fully set right, up and right, they're fine. Right. It's not to that level. But, yes, if you know that you're needed or someone's needed right. and you still leave for a long amount of time, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know what specific lengths mm-hmm. or kind of situations would be. But, again, right. if I feel like we as humans really know what abandonment would look like sure. if it's on that large scale. And in your role, you could say to this person, um, yeah, you got to go shopping and you got to get out. Let us bring somebody in to fill that gap for you. Then you don't have any uh, fear. You don't have any um, worries or anything. We'll just kind of take, and it's, I, I don't even want to get into rates, but it's not that expensive. It's not like taking them to a, you know, $6,000 a month care facility, right? Absolutely. So you're just kind of in the interim and filling in and, and taking care. And a person should be feel, should be able to feel safe and comfortable and almost eager to say with a sigh of relief, oh, can you do that? Well, I'd welcome that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's a Wednesday afternoon shopping trip for a couple of hours, go to Fred Meyer, go to Safeway or whatever else, we got the loved one covered. Absolutely. And, okay. and most people plan their their activities out, their doctor's appointments, yeah, you know, those things right. where you really don't have the luxury of bringing someone with you. Right. They'll plan their care being provided around right. that. Okay. So was that everything on the list or is there more? No, those are the the seven. And what I would say in terms of how to prevent that, sometimes when we are brought into a home where you kind of get that calming presence of you know your loved one's being taken care of, we don't check out, but we stop being as involved Mm, in the care and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of time is what lends to those gaps of now you've given that caregiver whoever it is more power and you've left your loved one more vulnerable so i would say even if you are so confident and you know that everything is squared away don't stop being participating like participating in their care okay sure not necessarily providing it like let that caregiver do their job right but don't stop kind of keying in on what's going on and really making sure you know how things are going because it can turn very quickly into you know, they give a credit card to go shopping, which we do not recommend you do for caregivers. And then all of a sudden, the credit card's gone and it's out when you simple giving cash instead would really limit your chance of an issue. But people stop okay. keying into those kind of things because they get comfortable with that care. Right. 
and that's where you kind of open it up, especially okay. if you are like an adult child out of state and you get things set up and you're feeling good. And so maybe you don't stay on top of it as much as mm-hmm. you should. Those are those moments. Right. You know, that took my mind to a friend of mine who has cared for a, not a family member, but uh, kind of an adopted uh, mother mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> living with her uh, was her um, adult son and uh, the caregiver or the kind of the estate manager lives mm-hmm. here. He's my friend here in Portland and he would get the credit card bills and he would call up the son. I won't even use any names. And he would say, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> what are all these things? You know, I mean, it was, you know, and sometimes there's itemized lists, you know, I mean, but as you know, particularly Still. if it's, if it's at the, uh, the, what do you call it? The liquor store or if it's a, you know, a big screen TV or something. I yeah. So, yeah, you know, we got to wind it up, but I really appreciate uh, your insights here. A lot of helpful information. Okay, and, but I, I want to, I don't want to finish before we look at this one phrase that you mentioned when we first started talking about doing the show, <laughs> uh, the Craigslist black market of <laughs> in-home caregivers. I told my team I used that and they're like, that might've been too intense, but okay. I'm, I'm still a firm believer. So tell us about it. Exactly. So a lot of people, they will post their loved one's needs on Craigslist looking for caregivers. Oh. Exactly. So even oh, man. even as an agency, we really try and when we're posting on Craigslist or, or job boards, we try and make it not seem so agency. So we mm-hmm. really kind of talk about it's a relaxed environment or, you know, we try and make it more fun and not so structured because people yeah. hate structured ads. But what will happen is our loved ones will have these ads posted for them. You bring in this person you found off craigslist which really not a lot of us have a way to background check not many of us know about labor laws and the full extent of right, what you right. need to be doing as a employer and so you kind of open yourselves up to all of these issues and these elements where you really can be sued you could have legal i mean there are huge kind of consequences of not yeah. having a structure right to who you're bringing into your home i mean you and i talked a bit about betty white who we all know and love, just was mm-hmm. recently sued by a longtime live-in caregiver for not allowing her to take lunch breaks or... Uninterrupted lunch breaks. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I it can happen article. to Betty White, who really might have right. access to a lot right. of those things, right. you know, you're run-of-the-mill everyday person. It can happen to you, yeah. too. Yeah. So... Well, anytime there's a need, there's also um, lurking people that will take advantage. Mm-hmm. Because if if somebody's in a need, they, it kind of changes their perception and their receptivity, and uh, you know you're not knocking on the on the um, on the door, you know, selling a bridge in Alaska or something. Yeah. But, but you can position yourself to look like you can, you know, like on Craigslist or oh, something. Oh yeah. So absolutely. So let me ask you this from a business perspective: if someone thinks it might be time to begin the conversation about. In-home health care, they can call you. That's Absolutely. point A. Point B is what if someone is saying, gosh, you know what, that might be something I'd be interested in actually doing. Um, would Can you take a phone call uh, like that as well? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, okay. So we have uh, one recruiter in our office. Her name is Megan, and she full-time, 40 hours a week, that's what she does. Oh, really? Looking for the caregivers? Yes. Okay. So she, we call them uh, G2s when we're initially talking to someone, which is an old military term for... 
gathering oh. information. Okay. Um, and so she goes out and does career fairs at, you know, nursing school. So nurses can have some, mm. you know, side income. Sure. She goes out and does all of our job postings. But if you call in and you ask for Megan and you talk about what options we may have for okay. you, that would be your best. And she's a sweetheart. So okay. she'll be able to talk. And uh, if you're listening and if you forget uh, Megan's name, just call in and ask (laughs) your question. Say, I'm interested in maybe doing caregiving. Or if you're on the other side of the equation and you say, I need to talk about the possibility of maybe some in-home care for a loved one. And uh, give us that number one more time, Emily. (laughs) Yeah, that number is 503-452-4555. Four, five. And you have it memorized. Yes. <laughs> you use it a few times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I've been with Maxim for a little bit of time, yeah. and it, the number has not changed. Well, excellent. That is our program for today. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been a real education. And I will say, and I've told you this, we've had other people kind of in this space Mm -hmm. from professional placement services like Golden Placement Services, Diane and Cherie, our good friends and partners, and those who have uh, talked about these other elements of this whole continuum. In fact, we have our one of our premium sponsors is at the end of the continuum, and that is Dignity Memorial for mm-hmm. funeral and uh, and cemetery arrangements and stuff. Totally recommend them as well. They are one of our sponsors. Um, we play their spot every <laughs> every every radio show. So thank you for coming in. I want to say to our listeners as we head out here, five thirty to six p.m. You can hear us on air on KKPZ, which is on the dial thirteen thirty a.m. in the Portland market. But it's all available all the time on our podcast, which is available at secondhalfnow.com. And you can listen to any or all of the podcasts around the clock and around the world, secondhalfnow.com. So we are out of here. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website, on a podcast, or live next Monday, 530 On the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.